The Queen's Men. For the first time, authentic stories of the world-famous Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Tales of men who for almost a hundred years have helped to keep peace in Canada. The Queen's Men. happened in the last three months to set the narcotics racket booming. Look at these figures. Nearly double the statistics of three months ago. Uh, you mean by that, Sergeant, someone's found a new way of bringing it in. Or yeah. trafficking it. It could be there's a new leader. Some old hand that's hit town and decided to show the boys how it's done. Let's see that report, Blake. Yeah, uh, sure, yeah. Well, the sergeant's right. It's alarming, all right. And it's time we crack down on him and put a stop to it. Uh-huh. Well, where do you suggest we start, Sergeant? Find the man at the head of it. That's the secret. If it's someone who's landed in town fairly recently, we might track him that way. I don't get you, Sergeant. Well, now, look. I was just going over this report from the Chicago City Police. There's a man named Bert Haynes whom they deported a little while ago, three months to be exact. Now, what for? Narcotic dealing. Oh, is that so? They didn't have any proof, nothing to convict him on. But they were certain enough to throw him out of the country. Now, there's no information as to where he headed for... But he was originally from Edmonton. So maybe he may come back here. That's just what I've been thinking. If he was dealing in narcotics in Chicago, it's a sure bet he's still at it somewhere in Canada. Blake, I want you to pick out a couple of members of the narcotics squad and look into one Bert Haynes, alias Bud Chalmers, alias Sam Brill. They got this picture of him in Chicago. It might help some. Okay, Sergeant. We'll go to work after lunch. Go to work right now before lunch. I don't like the way these figures are skyrocketing. Hargrove, you start with the city newspaper. Check the morgue. Look through our own fingerprint file first. Right. And Peters, contact the customs officials at the nearest border crossing point. See if any of them remember this man. He crossed on August the 18th of this year. Okay, Constable Blake. I'll get some stats made of this photograph so we can all carry a copy with us. This isn't such a big town. We can, if we keep our eyes open, if he's here, we might just spot him somewhere. How are you getting along, Foster? Oh, we've been at it two weeks, Sergeant. We've combed this town. There doesn't seem to be any sign of him. Oh, don't be discouraged. He won't be running around the main streets calling attention to himself, you know. Looks like kind of a long shot to me, Sergeant. Sure it is. They all look like long shots before you really get on the track of anyone. It's all we can do. Get a hunch, a lead of some kind, and run it into the ground. And I've got a hunch about this Bert Haynes. It just seems to me... Excuse me. Yeah? Yes? When? Can you bring her in here for questioning? All right, I'll hold on. Something up, Sergeant? I'll say there is. It's Blake. He's found... Yeah? Fine, that's great. Bring her to my office. Good work, Blake. He's found a woman who runs a tourist cabin on the edge of the city and who seems to know our man. Haynes? Yeah. She says he rented her cabin in August. When Blake wanted to know the date, she hunted up the registration, and sure enough, it was the 18th. That looks pretty conclusive, Sergeant. Nothing's conclusive, Constable, until the man's convicted. But it does look more hopeful. They'll be here in half an hour. You better stick around.
in here, ma'am. Thank you, Commissioner. A uh, constable. What's that? I'm just a constable, Mrs. Enders. Well, now, is that a fact? You look so grand, I thought you was a commissioner at least, if not an inspector. Good morning, Inspector. Sergeant. What? I'm Sergeant McKay. This is Constable Foster. Please sit down, Mrs. Anders. I'd be pleased to. This is the first time I've been in the police station, let alone the headquarters of the Mounties. When I went into the tourist cabin business, all my friends said, Ellie, you'll find it plenty exciting. All kinds of people, crime and sin and all that, you know. And I don't mind telling you it's been pretty dull. Up to now, that is. I understand you rented one of your cabins to a Mr. Bert Haynes in August. Haynes? No, I never heard of any Bert Haynes. He registered under an alias, Sergeant. Mrs. Enders identified the photograph and the description of the man's height and other particulars all fit in. I see. You're pretty sure it's the same man in the photograph, are you, Mrs. Enders? Oh, I'm positive. I could identify him blindfolded. Well, that's how a good many witnesses seem to do their identifying. We'd like to be sure. But I'm positive. You can rest assured about that. I remember him especially, because he had a lot of people visiting him. Just men, you know. But they were in and out all evening, and that's odd. Because self-sustained tourist cabins are usually strangers around and don't have any visitors. Can you describe any of the men who came to see him that evening? Well, I didn't want to look conspicuous, Sergeant. You know, from behind my curtain. But one of them was tall, I think, and dark. Oh, was that tall, the tall one, the blonde one? There was a short one, and he had red hair. Or maybe the lady with him had red hair. One of them had red hair. I remember that clearly. Well, maybe we'll confine our discussion to Mr. Haynes, huh? What name did he use? Farmer. James Farmer. And what address did he give? He gave an address in Montreal, and that was something else suspicious. I used to live in Montreal, and I didn't remember that street. So I asked him where it was. Just chatting, you know. Because it's nice to talk to someone from home. And he acted very funny. He said it was off the main street. But he didn't seem to know what the main street was. When I asked him if he meant St. Catherine Street, he just changed the subject. Said he was tired and wanted to go to bed. Except that he entertained those men all evening. You know, I thought you'd all be wearing red coats. What? Well, those are our dress uniforms. How do you Sunday best, sir? Uh, yes, our Sunday best. Now, uh, can you tell us, Mrs. Enders, if this man gave any indication at all that he intended to stay in Edmonton? To you, or did you overhear any of his conversation with his friends? No, but I figured he made some friends. When he first got to my place, he was riding in a taxi. But when he left three days later, some people came and drove him away in a big black car. Even though you can't describe them, do you think you'd recognize any of those visitors of his if you were to see their photographs? Oh, yes, I think I could, Sergeant. Do you mean you got pictures of them? We got quite a few pictures. Whether any of their pictures are among them, I don't know, but they might be. Constable Lake, would you bring me the narcotics photo file, please? Yes, Sergeant, right away. Narcotics? You mean you got people's pictures filed according to their crimes? Some of them. We'll look at those first before having a look at the general file. I'd be awfully interested in seeing some fingerprints, too. I'd like to see just how that's done. Well, if you can help us with any of these identifications, we'll put Constable Foster through the mill. Have him photographed and fingerprinted for you so you can see how it's done. Now, just a minute, Sergeant. <laughs> There. That's one of them. I'm pretty sure that's one of them. That's a tall one. I remember now he was dark. You really think that's one of the men? I'm almost sure of it. I remember him by that high forehead and the way he squints. 
Who is it, Sergeant? Charlie Harrison. You remember him. Why, I sure do. Well, he's out on parole working down Hartman's Dairy. He's been checking in regularly, haven't he? Sure. I talked to him myself last time. Well, Sergeant, we're lucky it's someone we can tell. Foster, you and Bray get down to Hartman's before Harrison leaves today. Follow him. Stay with him for a month if you have to. But I have a hunch that sooner or later, he'll lead you to Bert Haynes. see Constable Blake and Foster? Yeah. They seem to be slowing down. They're going to the school grounds, aren't they? My golly, they are. Hey, something's up, man, if Haynes is leading them into a high school at this time of night. Yeah. They've gone through the gates. Hey, you better phone in a report to the sergeant. Yeah. Is McKay still on? Yeah, until midnight. RCMP car 36 to headquarters. Constable Joyce reporting from car 36. Is the sergeant there, please? Hold on. You better cruise past the school and stop by those trees at the corner. Yeah. Sergeant McKay. Uh, car 36, Sergeant. Constable Joyce and Bullock. Yeah? Are you still trailing Blake and Foster? Yeah, that's right, Sergeant. Haynes seems to have led them into the Hilltop High School ground. Is Haynes alone? No, Sergeant. Someone with him. A woman. Okay. Park across the street from the school. I'll stand by for further reports. Yes, Sergeant. Now, look. I'll turn on at the corner and park over there, okay? Okay. I wonder what's going on in the school grounds. I sure wish we weren't stuck in this car. I'll let something happen to you. Stay down, Foster. They've got their backs to us. It's all right. What are they doing? Digging in the flower bed. He's using a small spade. The woman's talking to him. I wonder who she is. Uh, 
she's she's giving him a parcel. Yeah. Took it out from under her coat. Yes, sir. He's gonna bury it. You think we should grab them now? I don't think so. Better make sure it's illicit drugs. Yeah. It's a shame to let them get away if they've got the goods on them. They're burying it for a purpose. They'll be back. When they leave, you stay with them. I'll investigate their buried treasure. Okay. RCMP car 36 to Sergeant McKay at headquarters. Sergeant headed south, followed by Constable Blake. Yeah? We're still on the school grounds, as far as we can see. We started up the car when we saw the man and woman leaving the grounds, pulled around the corner, and then came back in time to see Constable Blake following. Hey, Jim. Well, now, here's what you do. Blake, can you hold on a minute, Sergeant? All right. What is it, then? Someone approaching. You see there, coming at us from uh, across the street? It's Foster. Uh, uh, Sergeant, Constable Foster is approaching the car. I'll hold on. Go see what he wants. Right. out like a sore thumb. I hope Haynes and his girlfriend didn't see you. No, we pulled around the corner. Sergeant, on the line, you got something to tell him? I sure have. Shove over, Davis. Attaboy. Okay. Hello, Sergeant. What's happening, Foster? Haynes and a woman just buried a jar in the grounds of Hilltop High. Blake followed them out, and I dug up the jar. It's got nine small tinfoil packages in it. Looks like opium. What did you do? I kept one out for analysis and marked the other eight. Left the jar where they buried it. Good work. Have David bring the package down to headquarters right away. You stay right there until I send a relief. There'll be someone along to dig up that jar. When they do, grab them. Okay, Sergeant. Constable Blake on the phone for you, Sergeant. Thanks. Yes, please. I'm calling from the cigar store at Haver Street and Willow, Sergeant. I tailed Haynes and his lady friend home. Turns out it's his wife. Oh, Foster. All right, son, go on in. Uh, listen, Sergeant, you can't arrest me. What's the story, Foster? Oh, uh, he came along and started digging in the flower bed, Sergeant, about a half an hour after Haynes left. He found the jar, and that's when I picked them up. Well, I can explain the whole thing, Sergeant. I, I was uh, well, I was just digging for worms, see? And the first thing I knew, I came across a jar out of a clear sky. All right, you better sit down and cool off, young man. We'll ask the questions, and you must answer them. But, but I told you what happened. I, I was digging for worms. What, at midnight in the garden of the high school? It's an unlikely place for worms, isn't it? Well, uh, uh, well it's an unlikely place for a cold, uh, cold cream jar, too. How do you know it's a cold cream jar? Hmm? Well, uh, well it, it looked like that kind of a jar. There it is, Sergeant. It's the cold cream jar, the label's still on it. But he couldn't have read the label in the dark. I took the jar from him just a few seconds after he dug it up. Hmm. I didn't say it was a cold cream jar. I only guessed that. Well, I said it looked like one. Uh, all I was after was worms. What did you want worms for? Why, uh, I took off fishing. What? In November? It's almost December. Nobody goes fishing this time of the year. Well, you can't prove anything. We just want to ask you a few questions. Come in. Uh, we just completed the analysis of the package, Sergeant. Yeah? It contained ten decks of opium. Uh, 
Uh, let me see. Yes, right about here, I think, Blake. Huh? I suppose they choose another part of the grounds for their digging. No, they won't. Young Steve Wellen said their plan is to bury it right here every second night. Yeah. Well, let's get back in the bushes then and wait, eh, shall we? I kind of felt sorry for that kid. He could have been a clean, decent fellow if it weren't for guys like Haynes peddling opium. Ah, it's a rotten business. It sure is. They've been clever about it so far. Too, Not as eh? clever as the... Hey, quiet. Quiet. Do you, do you hear something? Yeah. Here they come. Get down. Don't make so much noise, Bert. Oh, who can hear us? Now, let's have the jar. Oh, yes, here. Now, there we All right. Now. Hey, who's that? I'll take that jar. Put your hands up, both of you. Oh. Now, wait a minute. Who are you? Go on. Go on. Get away from us or I'll call the cops. Get your hands up, I said. We're Constables Blake and Foster, the RCMP. Mountie. Bert, I told Shut you. Shut up. Search him, Blake. Yeah. Well, don't bother I don't carry a gun. I'm, I'm not a gangster, you know. I hope you're not bragging that you've never shot anyone, Haynes. What you do to boys like Steve Welland is even worse. Yeah. All right, now. You can both come along with us. Come on. Okay, I'll come with you. Well, never mind the handcuffs. I know when I'm looking. You can let her go. She had nothing to do with it. You don't need to take her in. No? No, this is my business. She only came along to keep me company because I told her to. Now, she doesn't know a thing about it. Well, then it's very fortunate for her. Then. You mean I can go? Uh, not just yet, ma'am. We want to ask you a few questions first. What have you got there, Sergeant? The graph on the rise of narcotics activities in the last three months. The report I was so worried about. I'm going to put it right there on the wall and watch the figures go down. I hope they do. I think they will. I think you might have been instrumental in nabbing the ringleader. I congratulate you for your courage and your hard work, man. It's a tough job, and well done. just about wound it up. And uh, McKay's graph on narcotics took a downward trend? Yeah, for the next month or so. But you know how it is. Stamp it out in one place and it crops up again in another. But we keep an eye on it. Yeah, and uh, things seem to be pretty well under control now. Uh, what did Haynes get? Uh, well, now, let me see. As I remembered, he got, um, what was it, 10 years? Oh, it doesn't matter because he didn't work out his sentence. He died in prison. It seems he'd been sampling his own good, and he wasn't in very good shape when he went in. What about Haynes' wife? She stood up in court very well. And we thought during the hearing we were going to lose the chance of a conviction. However, she got just a little bit too clever and tied herself up a knot. And the prosecutor really closed in on her. Cool. What did she get? The judge threw the book at her. Oh, boy, that sounds pretty tough on a woman. Tough? Oh, there's no sentiment in law when it comes to drugs. When you think of the lives that can be ruined, then the sentence seems quite light. (laughs) 